Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. This morning, I want to invite you to the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Some of you may not have seen this coming, per se. This is a, a chapter that I lived in for a long time. And to this day, I still frequently go to this chapter and I read for my personal self. This morning, we're going to be talking about the subject of revival fire. You know, there's a time in our lives where we burn for all the wrong things. We burn for all the things that we don't really necessarily need in our lives. I remember, and it's just ironic that Jason's here, but I remember when we was going through fire training and they kept talking about that fire triangle. You need to need oxygen and fuel to build a fire. For that fire to be vibrant, for that fire to burn, for that fire to just really engulf everything around it. It has to have those three elements. It has to have oxygen. It has to have fuel. And it has to have something to feed off of. Charles Finley said a revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience. I love that. Revival is nothing else than a new beginning to obedience. Lee Robertson also said, Revival begins in the individual's heart. Let it begin with you on your face alone before God. Turn from every sin that might hinder you. Renew yourself to a new devotion to the Savior. Those are great things that we look at. Those are amazing concepts. I love them. Over the years, I've, I've done a lot of diving into different awakenings, different revivals. And like anything that burns for a little bit, eventually it burns out. You see the Great Awakening of Brownsville, the Great Awakening of Osbury. You see the Great Awakening among the nation, even as Billy Graham crusaded the world and preached the gospel. It burnt for a little while and it looked really good and people's lives were changed, but the fire burned out. Over the years, I've, I've come to learn, even as doing the work of an evangel evangelist, that there was something unique about revival. And I think I want to paint a picture for you this morning to help you understand what I'm talking about. The traditional revival, we all get together, and, and there's this, this moment of worship, and there's this moment where the pastor or the evangelist gets up and they preach the gospel. And man, we're excited for a couple days after. Wednesday comes and we're excited. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're still thriving. Then Monday hits. And life happens. Then Tuesday hits. And life happens. And eventually that flame begins to dwindle. And we begin to find a reason not to be excited anymore. I guarantee you this. I can take you to a car lot. We can buy you a brand new car of your choice and you would be excited. 
until something went wrong with it. Amen? Amen. Until something happened and it wasn't new anymore. We're going to start in verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 5. And a lot of you are probably thinking, what in the world does that have to do with revival? It has everything to do with it. This will bring you a personal revival and not one out in the open. Wherefore ye be not unwise, but be understanding that the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Holy smokes. Be filled with the Spirit. How do we do that? It's going into your prayer closet, shutting the door, and being by yourself and spending time with Jesus. That's how you become filled with the Spirit. Seeking Him in all things that you do. Remember that, that Paul even says, but when you pray, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. More than anything else, pray in the Spirit. I just a candle. <laughs> but in all that we do, and all that we are, we're to pray in the Spirit. We're to seek Him and all that He is. But for some reason, we get consumed with the wine of life. We become so consumed with what's going on around us that we miss it. Over the years, I've heard people pray for revival. I myself have prayed for revival. But we're praying for the wrong things. We're praying for the wrong things. As long as there's a smolder, as long as there's an ember, any fire can be rekindled. Amen? Amen. It's not hard to do. You just give it a little oxygen. He is the breath that is in our lungs. Remember in Ezekiel, bone came upon bone, flesh upon flesh. And he did what? Breathed into their nostrils. Air of life. For some reason, over the years, we feel like every time something goes wrong, God is the blame. God, why are you letting me go through this? I've been faithful. God, why am I having to fight this battle? I've been faithful. God, why am I, why am I, why am I here again? I've been faithful. What have you been faithful to? Have you been faithful to the ritual of being a Christian? Have you been faithful of saying, you know what? Time and time again, I'm going to do the things that I know to do, and I'm going to get a different result in the end. That's insanity, my friends. It is insanity. I want to share something with you this morning that I found unique as I began to study this week. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I've seen that demonstrated this week. Friday. And I'm not just saying it because they're here. I told Carrie this. I shared this with Tim. I was sitting on the, the back, the very back of that chapel. And Brother Austin began to deliver a message that was so powerful. With conviction in his own heart. I looked among the people that were sitting there. And they wasn't there. Just because 
just because. Catch me here. Faith was there because somebody left a legacy. See, see, let me let me go a little deeper here. When you live in revival, people want to know what it is that you carry. Amen. When you live from revival, people want to know what it is you burn for. When you really, really, truly experience revival, it's not about the songs. It's not about, about how well the pastor or evangelist did or the teacher. It's not about none of that. It is about the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You start calling it what it is and people get uncomfortable. They get on the edge of their seat. I had a man look me in the windows of my soul this week and he said, if you're going to preach like a, a Pentecostal, you need to be in a Pentecostal church. If you're going to preach like a Baptist, you need to be in a Baptist church. If you're going to preach like this, you need to be this. And I said, man, what if we just stop worrying about how people preach and start worrying about the Word of God? Amen. We're so divided amongst ourselves in the denominational era. Yes, I said it. We're so worried about denomination. That we forgot God is a God of all. He's not just simply a God over the Baptist or the, the United Methodist or the, the Colonel Presbyterian. He is God of all. The last time I checked, he said, I am the great I am. Amen. And somewhere along the way, we're wanting to experience revival and we don't even know where to start. We, as a people, man, I've been in services where the word of God was sharp. And I've left and I've looked at Carrie and said, what did I do wrong? I was obedient. I preached what God wanted me to preach. But I still, like, I still feel like I went empty. When we preach from a place of overflow, listen to me, church, because we're all called to be preachers, not pastors, but preachers. Follow me here. When we preach from overflow, it will become our life rhythm. Everywhere we go. First Peter three fifteen, be ready in all things to give an account of the hope of glory which is in you. But for some reason when we we get into a situation and we, we find it hard and we're, our backs pressed up against the wall. We're we're holding on for dear life and we can't find a way out. God, why am I here again? What did I do this time? And you know, we, we blame the devil for a lot of things the devil doesn't have any part of either. The enemy's attacking me. I know a guy one time, he put five quarts too much in his car. Locked the motor up in a tire and a well drum. It wasn't me, by the way. And he said, brother, I just keep getting attacked. The enemy is on my back. The next day his lights get cut off. What do you mean, by the way? You don't understand the enemy is on me. I said, brother, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How many quarts, because he changed his own oil. I said, how many quarts did it call for? And he told me, I said, how many did you put in it? Because I was looking at the court, the, the empty oil jugs, and he said, that many? I said, why in the world would you put in excess, catch this, more than what it needs? 
I figured it was run better. It run better, all right. Let me tell y'all this. Diesel oil is not made for a gasoline pickup. Sometimes we just have to slow down and say, you know what? I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. But I'm going to trust in God to lead me, guide me, and direct me on this journey of life. We get so tied up. We get so wrapped up in everything else. We want revival. Look, I love the baptismal waters. I love hearing people say, I said yes to Jesus and over the world. Revival is not meant just for the lost. It is meant for a church who is burning on embers. You want to be effective in your community? Get out of the four walls. You want to be effective in your home? Get in that prayer closet. Amen. You want to be effective in everyday life? Seek Him. You want to live from a place of revival? Then be revived by the Spirit of God. Amen. Be filled with Him. We look and we look diligently the Scripture over again. Mason, if you will, pull up verse 1 and 2, please. The next couple of weeks, we're going to be in this chapter starting this series called Revival Fire, by the way. Go ahead and announce that now. But verses 1 and 21 quickly says this, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given us himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. How do we... How does one imitate God? How does one act like God? You walk in love. You love people right where they're at in life. They're going to look different. They're going to smell different. Their hair color may be different. They may have lip rings, nose rings, tattoos on their face. I remember, I want to share a story with y'all. I remember going into a place one day and this guy had tattoos literally, I kid you not, from the tip of his fingers, right before his cuticles, all the way up the side of his neck, all the way around his face, down the other side, the same thing. On his palms, up his arms. I mean, he was just covered. And I said, man, can I ask you a question? Where do you go to church at? He said, man, I'd love to tell you about church. He said, but I want to tell you about my Jesus. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <coughs> in that same service, I seen a young man sitting in the very back. Looked like he probably had been in church his entire life. At invitation, I watched that young man because I sat probably in, in the church we was in. I was probably sitting about where Bud was. And I noticed this young man at the very back got up and he walked up and he grabbed the pastor by the hand and he said, I need to know Jesus. And he began to empty his pockets on the altar. Some of y'all are thinking, why in the world would he empty his pockets on the altar? Drug paraphernalia filled his pockets. He said, I need to know him. I don't want to die and spend eternity in hell. I need to know him, man. He said, you don't understand. And the guy that had the tattoos all over his hands, I thought he was crazy or than me. Okay? Because this dude jumps up and he said, praise God, we got another one. 
I was like, whoo, calm down, buddy. And he come in. And he said, man, I spent 16 years in prison. 16 years. He said, I got out and went right back spent another 10. 26 years of his adult life was spent in the state penitentiary. He said, a lot of them said I had jailhouse religion. He said, I didn't have jailhouse religion. He said, I had Jesus. He said, you know why they let me out? I said, why is that? And he said, they said I wasn't confident enough to stay behind the bars. <laughs> he said, but I told God, if you get me out of this place, I'll tell everybody I can about you. I'll tell everybody about the love and the mercy. Y'all, I see him every now and then around Jackson or Humboldt. And he's still preaching the gospel to this day with just as much excitement in his heart as he did then. We look at the outside and we say there's no way they can experience the revival of God. Because I want to share something with you. God does not need reviving. The church does not need reviving because the church of God is not dead. It's the people that need to be revived. We've got so comfortable. And we've got so complacent that we come in week after week and we just sit and we wait. Waiting's good, amen? Sometimes you just have to patiently wait on the Lord. But sometimes we have to seek Him in all that we do to find the fire and the revival that we need. This week as we enter this revival, I want you to understand that this is a personal challenge. I, I haven't even talked to them. I have no idea what they're preaching. But I know it's going to be the Word. Amen? Amen. And I know it's going to be powerful. I don't know if y'all, I know y'all know this, but I'm going to say this anyways. Austin carries an anointing that I have not seen in any young man before. And y'all, I've been, I've been, I've been all over the world. Well, I say all over the world, all over the state. To me, that is the world. Tennessee's pretty big. Amen. I've been all over the state preaching the gospel, and I've been with a lot of pastors and around a lot of pastors and around a lot of evangelists. That makes me feel anointing like I've never seen. I went back and listened to some of Brother Eric's stuff from where he's preached. Same time. Real men, listen to me, real men and real women do not burn out if you're on fire for God. Amen? Y'all pray with me. Father, we come. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart. 
and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.